0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 627. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Nehemiah with chapter 7. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. We continue on with chapter 7, which is one of my favorite chapters because it has a lot of lists, and you know how I love those. But first it says this, After the wall had been built and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hananiah, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them." Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. And so we see that even though the wall has been finished, you still have to man the wall. You still have to do all the work that it takes to defend yourself and remember that Nehemiah has to return the king. He's the cupbearer for the king and he's been given leave to come. But the king's question was, when are you coming back? So he's getting ready to leave. And so he puts his brother in charge along with someone else who is a man of integrity. And that is also what we should always look for in terms of leaders is somebody who is doing this for the right reasons. Someone who has integrity. Their loyalty can't be purchased. They say what they mean. They mean what they say. And he also fears God more than most people do. I thought that was an interesting way to say that. This is a God-fearing man more than most, which is good when you look at the motivations for why someone would do this job. They're doing this because they want to be faithful to God. That's a good thing to look for, especially when you're looking for someone who's going to be in charge of the, the commander of the citadel, the commander of the army. And then also leave the doors shut until the sun is hot. Basically, don't open the doors at night because it'd be easier for the city to be attacked. And so he's putting all of these things in place as he's getting ready to go. And then it says, the list of the exiles who returned. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it, and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. So my God put it in my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. I found the genealogical record of those who had been the first to return. This is what I found written there. These are the people of the province who came up from the captivity of the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken captive. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his own town, in company with Zerubbabel, Joshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Rahamaiah, Nahamani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mizpereth, Bigvi, Nehum, and Baana. The list of men of Israel, the descendants of Parosh, 2,172, of Shephatiah 372, of Ara, 652, of Pahath Moab, through the line of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818, of Elam, 1,254, of Zatu, 845, of Zakai, 760, of Benui, 648, of Bibai, 628. Of Asgad, 2322. Of Avdonakam, 667. Of Bigvai, 2067. Of Adin, 655. Of Atar, through Hezekiah, 98. Of Hashum, 328. Of Bezai, 324. Of Harif, 112. Of Gibeon, Ninety five. The men of Bethlehem and Netufa, one hundred eighty eight. Of Anathoth, one hundred twenty eight. Of Beth Asmaveth, forty two. Of Kiriath, Jerim, Kepharia, and Biroth, seven hundred forty three. Of Ramah and Geba, six hundred twenty one. Of Mikmash, one hundred twenty two. Of Bethel and Ai. 123, of the other Nebo, 52, of the other Elam, 1,254, of Harim, 320, of Jericho, 345, of Lad, Hadid, and Ono, 721, of Sana'a, 3,930, the priests, the descendants of Jedidiah through the family of Jeshua, 973, of Emmer, 1052, of Pashur, 1247, of Harim, 1017, the Levites, the descendants of Jeshua, through Kadmiel, through the line of Hudaviyah, 74, the musicians, the descendants of Asaf, 148, the gatekeepers, the descendants of Shalom, Atur, Talmon, Akub, Hatita. And Shobai one hundred and thirty eight, the temple servants, the descendants of Zihah, Hashufa, Tabayoth, Keros, Sia, Padon, Labana Hagaba, Shalmai, Hana, Gidel, Harar, Reya, Rezin, Nekoda, Gazam, Uza, Pasea, Bezai, Meunim, Nefusim, Bakbuk, Hakufa, Harhur, Basluth, Mehida, Harsha, Barcos, Sisera, Tema, Neziah, and Hatifa, the descendants of the servants of Solomon, the descendants of Sotai, Soferath, Perida, Ja'ala, Darkon, Gedel, Shefatia. Hatil, Pukareth, Chazabayim, and Aman, The temple servants and the descendants of the servants of Solomon, 392. The following came up from the towns of Tel Harsha, Karub, Adon, and Immer, but they could not show that their families had descended from Israel. The descendants of Delaiah, Tobiah, and Nakoda, 642. And from among the priests, the descendants of Hobiah, Hakoz, and Barzillai, a man who had married a daughter of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called by that name. These searched for their family records, but they could not find them. So they were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor therefore ordered them not to eat any of the most sacred bread until there should be a priest ministering with the Urim and the Thummim, The whole company numbered 42,360 besides their 7,337 male and female slaves, and they also had 245 male and female singers. There were 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the heads of the families contributed to the work. The governor gave to the treasury... 1,000 derricks of gold, 50 bowls, and 530 garments for priests. Some of the heads of the families gave to the treasury for the work 20,000 derricks of gold and 2,200 minas of silver. The total given by the rest of the people was 20,000 derricks of gold, 2,000 minas of silver, and 67 garments for the priests. The priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the temple servants, along with certain of the people and the rest of the Israelites, settled in their own towns." And then I'm going to skip the last section here, which is Ezra reads the law because that is awkwardly in this chapter and the next. So we'll read that with chapter 8. So we get this wonderful list. uh, And you know that I'm not a big fan of lists, and I would just as soon skip over this chapter. There's a few things that we can learn from this. Uh, Again, we're talking about a large group of people or at least large compared to how they were when they came into the promised land the first time. There's only 42,000 people. Uh, Again, they're not as poor as they were at one time, they have slaves themselves. They have donkeys and horses and mules and camels. Uh, it was surprising how many were f- singers. Uh, 245 singers seemed interesting. And then the treasure is not evenly divided, same as we have today. The heads of the families give 20,000 derricks of gold, and the rest of the people also give about the same amount. And so we see already with that thing we talked about before where there are some people who are nobles or there are some people who have a lineage that makes them seem more important to themselves than others and probably they are also richer and this is something that we see because of the chapters that we dealt with the poor a few chapters back how these people who were nobles were bringing in the debts of people and having them be enslaved until they could pay off the debts a couple different interesting things in some terms of some of the places when you hear word tell a tell is a mound Uh, Tel Megiddo, for instance, the place that we know as Armageddon, is someplace you can still visit there. But uh, there were a couple of places that were named that were Tel something or other, and that means a place on a mound, Uh, Tel Malah and Tel Harsha. Now, the one interesting thing about this is, why are we counting again? We're always counting here in the Old Testament. And in fact, one time we get in trouble for counting during the Exodus when other times it's okay to count. And so when we count because we're looking for where our strength is, that's how Moses and the people of Israel got in trouble at one point. But when we count to try and see how many people are left, that apparently is okay. And I don't, I can't explain why one is significantly different from the others. But it is very important to the people, the counting and also the lineage. And you'll notice that here where the people who could not establish their lineage, they can't be priests until they get someone who will minister with the, the Urim and the Thummim, and that is basically the, the, the casting of lots. So, Someone who will inquire of God and find out if these people can be priests, and they'll throw the lots to determine uh, what God has to say about this. Because lineage at that time, and still today, if you are Jewish, is a more important thing than it might be in my culture, for instance. And so that's why we're always tracing people back to Solomon's servants and back to this person and back to that person. It's part of understanding who you are and what your role is. And again, the roles being a little more static at that time. You don't get the baker's son who becomes a shoemaker whose son becomes a shepherd. uh, Not as much. And so... Partially it's understanding who you are, and that's still something we need to understand today is who we are and where do we fit in. And this is that version of that in this society. But we're starting to wrap this up because we saw there that Nehemiah is starting to put rules in place, and one of the last things they're going to do is the one we're going to deal with next week, which we're going to have the reading of the law so that we leave these people with an understanding of whose they are. That they are gods and what that relationship is all about. And so we had in the Old Testament the telling of the law the first time it was given, and then the retelling in the book of Deuteronomy for the new generation that was coming out of Egypt that had been wandering around and been born in the wilderness in that 40 years they wandered about. And then we told it again when Josiah the Reformer, when they found the law again, we read the law again. This is another opportunity to do that here in Nehemiah, but we'll do that next week. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com, and thanks so much for listening.